You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Exactly. Alright guys, let's jump right into this because we've got so much stuff to talk about. Um, We're actually going to debut a new uh, segment today. Um, MC is prepared for it as well because he has a rant and so do I. Um, We we referenced a nickname last week and that was uh, Double Bird Lunsford. Uh, We're going to test that out. We're going to see how that goes because I'm going to just let let the rage fly for a little bit on, on some things that came came up this week as far as like our geeky nerdy uh, world um particularly about game of thrones so we'll we'll talk about all of that uh coming up here soon but like can i just state that it makes me very very happy that all of us have seen adventures and games so we can actually talk about this and we don't have to worry about like yeah potentially ruining somebody's experience with it right no spoiler ban here i know right and then not only that dude mc when i get back from florida like we're gonna go see it and like we might have to go see IMAX, dude, because I haven't seen an IMAX movie since I saw uh, uh, the Harry. I don't know, is Harry Potter Goblet of Fire? I think is the one the, la- the last one I saw in IMAX. So, jeez, oh man, yeah, it's been <laughs> like, it like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been. It's a lot better than mine. Mine is uh, that third Batman film. The third bat. Oh, Batman. Oh, oh Dark Batman Knight. Forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah the. Uh... <laughs> no, not Batman Forever. <laughs> Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> Where Bane, where Bane has the rat battle, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that rises by the way. <laughs> thank Dark Knight rises. Thank you. Which one of you is the best rapper here? <laughs> he breaks that dude's neck. <laughs> oh God, we're lame. Um, the, oh, there was another part that I really liked about your article too, Steve. And we'll just tease it and then we'll get into it. But when you're you're basically like doing the quotes of all the things that people thought were going to be in the post credit scenes. Like, I just, I pictured it in your dumb guy voice. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I come across that way, even in written form. Um, to me, that was, like, just a sampling of, like, I've been on Reddit for the last hour, and it's one in the morning. Yeah. What kind of weirdo fan theories are people just spouting out at the moment? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dumb guy voice would also work there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, all of the different theories and the fact that there was none of them was, was actually, it was actually kind of... Um, kind of satisfying too like and i got to use the thor meme again which is always fun too like <laughs> yeah and, and i think the russos put it well they're like yeah. look it's kind of the end of this whole massive arc and it's kind of nice that it's somebody else's problem to figure out this whole future business and we didn't have to think about it for a second yeah yep faux show um let's go ahead and if you guys are ready I think we can uh, go ahead and jump right in here. Um, let's go ahead and kick this off right. Uh, GGR Pirate Radio starts right now. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a plague. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right I 
This is called Pilot Radio. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? <laughs> you have to ask, big man. You can't afford it. It's called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, bub. It's called Pilot Radio. Before we get started. Like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, action news. Ba, 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 And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we've got an awesome store show i'm saying words backwards i don't even know what the hell is going on because i'm so excited i am so excited about what we're talking about we have an awesome show in store for you that's what i was trying to say <laughs> we're talking about end game the end is near this is the end game god damn it this is gonna be so exciting joining me this evening on ggr pirate radio are now it's it's a trio it used to be a duo it was just me and steve now it's a trio because the three of us together will avenge what thanos has done and joining me tonight is America's ass himself, Mr. Steve Monick. Refugees, reassemble. <laughs> We've also got the great Thor Lebowski. <laughs> MC Brooks joining us, too. Not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would gladly take the, the, the mantle of that because I was so excited because I was like, oh, I can finally cosplay as somebody. <laughs> representation exactly <laughs> <laughs> finally someone that looks like me <laughs> oh man my favorite thing going around like right after the movie was um there was some article i think it was the new york times I, but don't quote me i'm not sure exactly what publication but they were um promoting uh chris hemsworth had a uh, like a, he has an app that's like an exercise app and it's like get ripped like Chris Hemsworth's Thor in Endgame, and I sent that to Mike, and I'm like, done. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Check that off the bucket list. Yeah, exactly. As you're like, welp, and you just like smack your hands together. You're like, that's today's work. <laughs> it was like we're not even gonna preface this, guys. Like, there's no there's no spoiler alerts. Like, if you haven't seen the movie at this, like, here's the thing. I feel like. The first week, the first, like, seven days, you should respect the spoiler alert, right? But anything after that, that's on you. Because, like, if you're on Facebook right now, if you go on Facebook right now, I feel like it's fair game. You should be able to post whatever you want about what happened in the movie, right? Like, it's that first week that you have to, like, at least respect it. But now it's the same thing with the podcast. Like, it, we're, I mean, there will be a warning, like, hey, if you haven't seen it, don't read, you know, don't listen yet. But, like, I think that anybody who really wants to see it has probably seen it. Yep. Or, or I mean, like, at this point, you know that 
the 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 levees have broken. So if you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers, I feel like the the impetus is now on you to take the actions to avoid any kind of media or content. Like you shouldn't be on Reddit, you shouldn't be on YouTube if you're at the point where you're like, I haven't seen it and I don't want to know anything about it. It's kind of like I don't know if you DVR the Super Bowl or something. You know, once the thing is out, it's now on you to stay away from the things that might spoil it if you need to find out what the result is unspoiled. Yeah, exactly. and I think yep. that, like, what we'll do, too, here is is we're going to start with... We'll get into end, end game. We will talk about it in great detail here in just a little bit. But I think what we're going to do is, because we teased it a little bit in our cold open, is um, we talked about the, the nickname Double Bird Lunsford as a rage nom de plume for me where i could just rant and rave for just a moment um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go into the the double bird lunsford for just a second here because i want to praise the geek community on one hand and then i want to thrash them on the other because they the geek community by and large was awesome about avengers endgame very little was spoiled most people were very cool about it but other people were watching out for each other too. Like, hey, if you haven't seen this, don't go here because they spoil it. Or if this is, you know, if you haven't gotten a chance to see it, you know, you may not want to see this. Those sorts of things. So there was enough done, respectfully, to keep people from potentially ruining their experience with this movie if that's not what they were looking for. Go for a walk. Like, I really, I really think they did an excellent job of self-policing this. On the flip side, there was little to no restraint with Game of Thrones when Game of Thrones, uh, I want to say it was the third episode of this season, uh, aired. They, it was, there were people tweeting about it. There were people on Facebook, like just every single thing that happened, they were giving uh, commentary, just running commentary. And they would even see things like no spoilers, but then they would give something that happened and basically telling you what was going on. And like, we've talked in great detail on this website and on this podcast about how we don't really care about spoilers because execution is, is, is crucial. But like after seeing so many people just brazenly just like tell entire plot points of what was going on in game of Thrones, I'm kind of leaning more towards the, you shouldn't spoil things at all camp. Like it, it really, really pissed me off because like people would, and like they were, they were just talking about every single thing that was going on. And then when you would say something about it, you'd be like, hey man, come on, why don't you chill with that? They would be like, oh, I'm so sick of this spoiler crap, man. Like, this is like, this is live TV. And it's like, you're not going to watch it, but you want to watch it? Then you're just going to have to stay off the internet. And it was like, what? Like, are you, are you serious? There were people that were comparing this to a live sporting event. Like, mind you, a live sporting event that you can go, like, we'll use, uh, we'll use hockey as, as an example, right? You're watching an NHL playoff game. But you have to go do something else. So you can't physically watch it anymore. You can listen on the radio. If you have NHL, the app, like on your phone, you literally can listen to any of the games live for free through the app. It's a fantastic app. But you can keep up with this. If you don't have HBO, if you don't have HBO Go, you can't watch this show live. So you're beholden to this subscription service that you have to have. And, like, the mindset that, oh, it's live television, so therefore we're not spoiling anything that you couldn't just watch, first off, is bullshit. Secondly, you're an asshole if that's the way you think. Because people specifically said, hey, I'm not going to get a chance to watch this. Or 
let's not spoil it for everybody. And people just blew right past it. Like they just did not give a shit at all. It would be like, like for instance, I know that MC due to dietary reasons, no longer is eating meat. It would be like inviting him over for dinner and being like, Hey man, we made vegetarian tacos and being like, Oh, it's made out of cauliflower. It's made out of this, it's made out of that. And he eats it. Then I'm like, Oh, Hey, by the way, there's pork in that. It's, it's not that he's allergic. It's not going to kill him, but it's a dick move. Like you don't do that to somebody that you consider a friend or a colleague or like a peer in your group unless you just want to be an asshole. And that's the problem that I'm having with our with our community right now is people are like for some reason they're setting their feet in concrete and they're like, I'm going to be an asshole because this is the stand that I want to make when the stand should be the other way around. It's I want to protect the people that want to be part of this community instead of let me divide this community by being a total dick. That's my that's my piece. I'm stepping off my soapbox now, but like, seriously, like y'all need to find Jesus or something because that's some bullshit. Like to sit there and purposefully ruin shows because you have this weird stance that now television is somehow different than movies. It's the same basic principle. You have to pay to watch it. And that's, that's my piece. So there you go. Firing with double barrels right there. Right. Yeah. Like it's, we we have made we have made a concerted effort here at GGR to be a refuge where you can enjoy the nerdy things that you want to enjoy without having to worry about people being dickheads and like just watching every, like the people just don't care and like at, the, at one point when Walking Dead was was on and like people actually watched it um i i accidentally spoiled somebody's death and my friend was like i haven't got a chance to watch it cuz i was work you know i'm a nurse like Thanks, dick. And I felt like an asshole, like for for days, because I potentially ruined something for somebody, and it wasn't their fault. And like, instead of like getting up on this high horse and acting like you know somehow I'm better than them because I have some feeling about it, I apologize because that's what you should do. And like, especially in the modern age that we live in, where everybody watches things at different times, it's really not fair to say. Well, if you're not watching it live, then sorry, loser. You know, we're going to talk about it anyways. Like, it, it just, it's, it really, really rubs me the wrong way. And it, it, it was, it was shocking to see how little people cared after they were so careful with Avengers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I agree. Go ahead, MC. You, I think we're on the same, ahead. I think we're on the same page, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did think it was pretty ironic that, you know, literally, I, even though I I'd seen Avengers Thursday and then again Friday morning, like I was pretty careful, and my timeline was really good about you know I didn't outside of specific groups that were uh, that were created solely to talk about the the movie itself, like just across my normal timeline, you know I was very fortunate I didn't see anything, you know out of pocket anything that that would anything that was spoiler. And uh, I mean, I did have a couple people who were being assholes and they were, you know, they were they were posting about what happens to certain characters very openly and publicly. And I I, I just blocked them because I don't like that's not cool. Um, But I did think it was odd that like that's largely how Avengers was treated. But Monday morning, as soon as I log on Facebook, there are Night King memes all down my timeline. Like I, I don't even I don't even watch Game of Thrones, but like I I know a lot of what happened last week solely because all the memes were there Monday morning. People making posts about 
uh, Arya being super badass and and this and that and this person should have died or I, I really wanted this to happen to that. It was just like wow, like I'm glad I I'm glad I don't watch this show because I would be I would have been angry if the very first thing I'm law I'm seeing when I look at Facebook at six and six on six in the morning on my way to work is a bunch of memes spoiling a show I didn't watch the night before. Like that's not cool. The interesting thing I noticed about the two of them is that by and large, Avengers Endgame was extremely positively received. Whereas I feel like Game of Thrones, uh, this episode was very highly anticipated because the first two episodes, there wasn't a lot of action or it was just seemed like it was setting up this big set piece here and it didn't go the way a lot of people expected it to go. Right. And I think just like with a restaurant or something, people are so much more likely to yell out when they and they have a negative experience than when they have a positive experience. And so I think the the decorum that was set by Endgame was because of how positive it was and how uh, you know uh, the people who saw it are like, I love that I'm not going to say anything because I want you to have that experience too. Versus like everyone communally wants to bitch about Endgame or I'm sorry about uh, Game of Thrones rather. Because uh, it didn't go the way everyone expected it to go. Uh, so I think that might have something to do with it. Uh, and then back to the point you made a little bit before, Mike, about how like we're usually pretty soft on spoilers. Um, I feel like we still like we don't care. But I still think we give our fans the courtesy of saying, like, okay, spoilers, just, just so you know. But we're going to go ahead and talk about it because we don't care. But at least we give them the option. Uh, right. where, whereas right. that's, I think that there is a reasonable level of expectation when something is brand new. Like you said, like at the very beginning, look, Endgame's been out for a week. It's out there. If you are someone who's still at this point trying to dodge spoilers, you have to be going dark. You have to pretty much unplug at this point. So I feel like the reasonable level of expectation right when something comes out is everyone's going to be polite and not spoil it. And then after it's been out for a certain period of time, the expectation is now spoilers are everywhere. People have started talking about it. Now it's, again, on me to not, you know, I can't expect everyone in the universe to shut up about something that is huge and everyone's seen and it's made all the money in the world because I am the one person who haven't seen it yet. Everyone else needs to be quiet. Um, so I think there just needs to be a certain level of respect for each other, but also on the people who are the ones that are complaining about hearing spoilers. It's like, okay, are you complaining because you haven't seen it for four weeks? You know what I mean? Are, are you the kind of person that's complaining that someone posted something about season one of Game of Thrones and you're just now starting to watch it? Or are you the person who's legitimately like, hey, it was Sunday at midnight. I shouldn't expect to see all this stuff quite yet. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the thing, man. It was like, it wasn't even like Sunday at midnight. It was like Sunday as it was happening. Oh, like, yeah. Yep. It was... And like, yep. I just, it was, it was just, a, again, it was just like an overall lack of respect for anybody. And, and the fact that there was such an angry backlash from people and like, psychologically speaking, maybe it was like people who were like, they were so pent up from not being able to talk about Avengers. They had to spoil something <laughs> and they were just like, <laughs> I, I gotta do this again. I gotta say something. The fucking Night King dies. Like just like, they just couldn't keep it in any longer. <laughs> it was like, it was like nerds Tourette's, you know, like it was just, it was awful. It, it, it is just, it's just frustrating because 
as a fan of these things, you want to be part of a community that puts its best face forward. And in some ways, the geeky community has so radically changed and become popularized that you're getting so many more personalities now. And it's like, I don't even know how to connect myself with this community. And there's some aspects you're like, wow, these people are amazing. Look at this creative stuff. It's like the internet as a whole, basically. Um, there's certain elements that you're like, I love being a part of this. And there's other elements you're like, I am regretting ever letting anyone know that I've ever been a part of this before. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think that's, it is, it is, it's a microcosm, you know? And I think the thing that's the, the, the most disappointing to me is that so, especially like, like younger, I would say like 25 and younger, 25 and younger didn't really have to deal with a nerd like segment where they were like in high school or in middle school. It's like, ha nerd. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody cares about star Wars. Nobody cares about comic books because it was how many years ago that uh, Iron Man came out? 10? Well, 11 now. 11. Yeah. yeah. Early 2000s. Happy birthday to it, too. Yeah. The, it, the birthday was just yesterday. Yeah. So, like, I, I feel like a lot of those kids, like, if you're 25, that means you were, like, 15 when that came out. It started being okay to do it. And it was even a little bit before that because, well, like, with the Batman movies that came out, like, it was okay to be a nerd. It was slowly but surely being okay. But there was there's those of us that are in our 30s or 40s or older who, like, it was – you were, like, shunned. Like, you couldn't talk about Star Wars in public conversation. Like, it couldn't come up in public discourse because everybody would be like, nerd! Like, it would just – you would get shunned. And, like, yeah. the fact that so many people that grew up like that were shunned and now that they are – essentially nerds are in a seat of power you know and now they're doing the shunning and like i just don't understand that at all like I, it's it's i mean i get it like again psychologically speaking you know it's a power thing it's like this is the way i was treated so i'm gonna treat others like this because somehow that makes me feel better but like you know it makes you feel even better it's being inclusive and letting everybody be involved like th that that is such a better feeling than standing up on your soapbox and, and dictating the people who can come in and who can come out, you know? You're not allowed in my clubhouse, you know? This isn't for people who are only slightly nerds. You have to be full nerd or get out. Like, it's... Yeah, that that's just... It's disgusting, dude. And it's it's why we are what we are. And, and honestly, I'm going to toot our own damn horn here because yep. it blew my mind because we missed a whole flipping week of podcasts. And we haven't written any new content since I wrote the uh, Star Star Trek uh, review and Steve wrote um, the Geek Sheets, we just are not writing a lot of content. But our readership and viewership is up substantially. Like, it's not even like, oh, like a little blip here. No, like from last year, let me just, because this is what we're going to do because it's, it's our, our goddamn podcast and I'll talk about what I want. Um, <laughs> but like just from last year, comparatively, year to year, from last year to this year, when it comes to the number of people that have been going to and reading our website. We are up 410%. Whoa. Wow. A 410% increase from 2018 to 2019. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, remember the numbers that I was telling you guys? I was like, oh, yeah, hey, these are our numbers that we have so far. Uh, yeah, it's actually bigger than that because I miscalculated. So when you're looking at it, 
on a daily basis, because that's kind of how we want to look at this. Um, if you take, let's see right here. Um, I'm assuming this is like we went from two people to eight people. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, we went from <laughs> two to eight. Um, no, we went from, and I'm pulling this up right now. Yeah, we're, we're talking about like if you do this number times four. Where's my handy dandy calculator here? Because I fact I was I was calculating it earlier today. Um, we're talking about uh, roughly ten thousand people a month. Wow. That are listening that. to or listening to or sharing or downloading our podcast. So, yeah, we're on to something because it's it's increasing. I think people are starting to realize that all of this like negativity, all of this like, and that's that's my other rant. I'm gonna have another rant, and then I'm done. I swear <laughs> to God. Um, no, you're not. But that's okay. That's what we love about you. Well, I, yeah, I, I, and that's what I appreciate. Well, so double much bird. Is, Here's the other bird. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good call, MC. Um, Brie, Brie Larson. Everybody needs to shut the fuck up about Brie Larson. Like, I am I am so sick of seeing articles and stories and Facebook posts about how, how she's horrible and how she's negative and she is violently feminist and how she doesn't get along with any of the other Avengers cast and how she fights with everybody. Like, I'm fucking sick of it. I am, I am fucking sick of it already because here's the problem. Most of these stories are conflated. Most of them are not even anywhere based in reality or based in truth. There was an, there was, there's a, it's comicbook.com, you know, a, a website that you would think you would be able to go to for decent stories about these sorts of things. And it was talking about like, oh, Brie Larson has an attitude problem and she's shitty and she's a piece of shit and she's mean and she's rude. And like, if you read all of her quotes, you could see where maybe somebody would take it in that context. But if you watch the video, the actual video where these quotes came from, it's like they're talking about two completely different things because the video is like one of the things they talk about, like, um, so Brie, do you work out? And she was like, is that really even a question? Like, I kind of have to, you know, I'm a superhero, you know, tight those suits are. And in the article, they're like, when asked if Brie Larson works out, she got insulted and was like, how dare you ask that question? I was like, that's not how, that's not how that went at all. And like at one of the, at one point it said, and she doesn't like answering questions about her, her past and where she's from. And it, it makes her seem standoffish. And the question basically is like, where are you from? She's like, all right, so it's complicated. So I was born in Sacramento and I lived there for a few years, but then I moved to LA, but like I was back and forth between Sacramento and LA because my parents are divorced. So people are like, are you from LA? And you're like, yeah, but not really. I don't know it as well as you do. But then I tell them I'm born in Sacramento and they're like, oh, do you know about this place on, you know, Mulberry street? And she's like, uh, not really either. Cause I kind of split time between two. Sorry. It makes sense when she explains it, but like you're finding excuses to make her a bad guy for fucking what? Yep. Like it just—I don't get it. It doesn't make sense because yeah. she said something shitty to somebody about a completely different movie that everybody tried to equate to Captain Marvel. Because uh, I can't even remember the name of the movie. What was the movie that came out uh, that she she was in that like Oprah was in and Reese Witherspoon was in? Um, it was Wrinkle in Time. Thank you, Wrinkle in Time. Um, when somebody asked her about like the reviews of Wrinkle in Time, her response was, "I don't really care." what an old white dude has to say about Wrinkle in Time because it was made for, you know, for an African-American audience. It was made for young girls. I want to see different reviewers because 99% of movie reviewers are old white men. I want to see some people of color. I want to see some diversity reviewing this movie because that's who it's for. And that's, what's wrong with saying that? And that became this, like, 
rallying cry against her of yep. she doesn't want white men to see uh, Captain Marvel. That's not what she fucking said. Like, people are literally fabricating shit just so people don't like her. And, like, I, I just, it, it baffles me that, that people have, one, that much free time. Two, like, why do you want to hate somebody so much when they haven't done anything to warrant this? I, I think you're yep. giving them too much credit, to yeah. be honest with you. I think it, it, it comes down to um, someone says something moderately controversial, like something that isn't just 100% vanilla, bland. It was the best time of my life filming this movie, and everything was great. Like literally nothing that, that could be written about. So they, they latch onto someone that has something that can be uh, polarizing. Um, and then you're going to have your outlets – probably owned by the same parent company writing both sides of it because you know what that gets is clicks yeah. it gets more eyes in front of your ads and that's really yeah. what the in my opinion like why these like kind of things like this whole brie larson thing like it snowballed so dramatically is it's like oh my gosh the biggest franchise in the universe right now we finally have something that's like legitimately controversial that we can write a billion articles that just aren't fan theories or questions about the future of it like it's something we can get into like the dirt yep. on the mcu and so like let's write a billion articles about this and keep writing articles and nitpick every little thing that happens so we can get more clicks out of it yep and, sometimes and you... i get jaded about that like when it comes to like the business side of things and i get that they got to make money i'm okay with like the economy as a whole but sometimes it's very dirty the way it happens yeah, and there's an added layer onto onto that too because it wasn't just articles that were doing this. There are legitimately a ton of YouTube videos where people are splicing tiny little things from you know the group interviews uh, that 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 uh, the actors will do together, and they're splicing like bits and pieces together to make it to make things seem like the people on the Avengers cast have an issue with Brie Larson. Or like they're trying to low key throw shade at her while also sitting while sitting right next to her, or or, or they're contradicting something she, she says to make her look like like she's stupid and doesn't know what she's talking about. So that was a whole other thing because I mean I, I watch a ton of um, I watch a ton of the fan theories uh, videos and whatnot on YouTube and I, I see it pop up you know in the next or the recommended and it's like oh. The YouTube is, algorithm got you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, doesn't like doing interviews with Brie Larson. You know, Jeremy Jeremy Renner, you know, makes Brie Larson feel stupid. And it's like, like this is what we're – they're just spliced interviews where you can tell that they have edited like what was a full, you know, full interview and they've edited sections of it to make it look like – you know, even the people who work with Brie Larson think that she's that she is uh, a bad person. Oh, what's what's going to get the most clicks if you if you have an yeah. article where it's like full Brie Larson interview or Mark Ruffalo thinks Brie Larson has the smelliest farts he's ever smelled. And then like it's just a cut of him making a weird face. You know what I mean? Like that's that's going to get you the biggest bang for your buck when you trying to get eyeballs in front of, uh, you know, different viewers for different ads and stuff. And I mean, that's. I made a joke about the algorithm, but the more views you have, the more that's going to, yeah. you know, hook you and get you in front of other people. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's the algorithm definitely works. And I'll give you an example is when I was watching that video 
of her, which is the most benign video. It's it's cute actually. She's very charming in the video because she's just like she she becomes instead of like this person that's taken on this persona of like standoffish because honestly I thought she was from all the things that I had heard and read but it turns out all of those are bullshit because she's just she's like a she's like a 20 something girl who I'm sorry woman who is kind of flippant with her responses which what the fuck is wrong with that like we're flippant with our responses we make smart ass remarks all the time like I, it's it shocks me that like God forbid we get really big and we get famous and we start making money then all of a sudden it'll be like taken out of context you know Steve Monarch said he had sex with a bucket of chicken in high school it'll be like no <laughs> guys, that's a joke like Jesus Christ like is it though <laughs> hey I told you to delete those pictures <laughs> <laughs> it just it's it's scary like but watching that video then they were videos that were like so-and-so owns this person so-and-so owns that person like they just man like it's it's ridiculous and then like the, the thing that gets me is they'll like okay we'll use i'm not gonna we're not gonna talk about him for much here because it's not really our, our forte but he seems to like have the the market cornered on this on youtube and that's ben shapiro but like it'll say things like ben shapiro owns lib right and then you'll watch the video and like they actually like have a really decent conversation between the two of them about their about their beliefs and i'm like wait where did he own this person like they, they were just having a conversation and then like i actually read some of the comments which you're normally not supposed to do okay but i'm a pro so don't worry about it guys um how'd you ever make it back out of that right black yeah. hole of death that is the, the comment section <laughs> in youtube somebody like made a really funny point they were just like they were like i watched this video waiting for him to own this person and he never did well played you suckered me in and i was like oh there it is okay so like people are starting to get wise to it that that's that's what that's what you're gonna see and you just have to know what to look for and find the right things like we've gone way the fuck off topic but like just just for a quick second, man, how scary is it to think that you can't trust anything anymore? Like, you literally, like, if you see, like, a, a meme, let's say there's a meme that, that pops up that says, uh, oh, well, here's a perfect example, because MC had to debunk this earlier. Um, Brie Larson signed seven-picture deal uh, for the MCU. Um, that seems like, okay, cool. Hey, great. That, that's awesome. Good for her. It turns out it's not true. But like, why would why would you ever even question that? Because that seems right. legit. She's a, a a good marketable star now. She's doing all sorts of awesome other movies and stuff like that. But it turns out it's fake. Like, why the fuck would that be fake? And and, and why would you take the time? Well, I, I answer my own question. Getting getting the clicks, getting people in front of you. I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> why am I even talking right now? It, it's <laughs> because yeah, it, it's it's yeah. It's let's talk about the joy, guys. Let's I, I've I've used up both of my middle fingers today, so let's let's talk about the things that were awesome. Let, let's talk about Avengers and how fucking awesome this movie was. It was like a hammer wielding good time. Yeah, it was. It was like okay, imagine imagine writing a story, right? And you're writing it with your friends, and you keep trying to one up each other with cool shit. That was Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, oh yeah, well, uh, Ant Man's gonna become giant, and he's gonna smash through the thing, and he's gonna kick a bunch of those weird little Chathari uh, soldier things all over the place. He's gonna grab those big weird flying 
like dragonfly things and smash them together. It's gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, well Captain America's gonna pick up Mjolnir. What? Like, and they just keep one upping each other. But like, and instead of getting mad that the other person one upped each other, everybody's just like, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome! Let's add more shit!" Like it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was such a fun ride. The things that I had issues with in the movie don't even fucking matter because the movie was so fun. Like. It was it was that it was that much fun that even the things where you're like wait a minute how did this ha- oh, oh shit Nebula's coming back but it's the bad Nebula like it's <laughs> you didn't even care like it was like this this is gonna be sweet like everything was <laughs> it was like being a little kid and God I love when you go to a movie and that's how you feel when you don't exactly. you don't go in there with your arms crossed pissed off looking for reasons to hate it you're just like this was a lot of fucking fun and you walk out of it and you want to have hint, hint, nudge, nudge, shameless plug, a diner-esque conversation where you sit around (laughs) at a diner table with your friends talking about this shit. Like, it was, that's that's what was awesome about this movie. Yeah, and and it completely justifies why they were keeping everything about this movie completely under wraps. Like, if you remember when the the first trailer dropped earlier this year and people were complaining because they were like, they didn't show anything, there's no action, what is happening, why would they even do this? And, like, after seeing it, you're like, that's why. Because they didn't want to they didn't want to ruin the look you probably had on your face during every sequence of this movie. Like there were like obviously there were certain things that we knew were going to happen in this movie, so they weren't really spoilers. Like you knew, you know, Black Panther was not going to stay dead. Spider Man has another movie in two months, so you knew he wasn't like there are certain things that we knew were going to happen and yet even in knowing that stuff, it it it, it doesn't ruin like the ex- the execution of trying to figure out what exactly are they doing in this movie and how exactly are they planning to fix everything that went wrong in Infinity War. I'm sure you guys have seen that meme video that was going around where it's like the um, like the soccer hooligan pub. But they put the um, video of Thor arriving in Wakanda during Infinity War, and everyone's going absolutely apeshit. I feel like you could do that with just about any scene from this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like 90% of the movie, you could make that exact meme for, because awesome crap just keeps happening one thing on top of itself. And Mike, you were dead on with your analogy when when you were saying, like, it's like when you play that game where, like, I start telling a story and then just stop telling it at one point and yeah. you have to pick it up from wherever I left off. I'm like, yeah, and then they time travel to 2012. Go. Yeah. And when they're in 2012, uh, Captain America has to fight himself and he looks at his butt and he's like, man, that's America's ass. Yeah. Yep. You know, and then, oh, oh and uh, Loki actually steals the uh, the Tesseract again and he disappears. Wait, what? What? How? Oh, my God. Oh, but it's not, you can't finish the story. Sorry, pass it on to the next person. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> they, they literally did that to each other. And it was, it was fucking fantastic. Like, it was, it was so much fun. Like, that's the other thing, too, is it, we, we talked about how it made you, or at least me, it made me feel like a little kid because you, you get excited and you're just like, yes, here comes the hero. Like, you, you, you checked out mentally for a little bit. And just enjoyed yourself and just enjoyed the movie instead of wanting to, like, forcing the movie to meet your standards. And not everybody in the community did that. There were a lot of people who were upset about some things. Like, there's nothing wrong with representation, okay? Let me state that right now. 
There's nothing wrong with representation. I think the LGBTQ community, I think people of color, I think they should all be represented in these movies. But the fact that people were saying that the movie didn't do enough was... I, I don't... What the hell were they expecting to happen with this movie? Well, like, uh, <laughs> it actually came out that, that that actually wasn't even a real thing. Like, that, that, like that complaining that was going around was something that was actually made up to try to demonize uh, the LGBTQ community. Well, like see, there, 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 you there go. wasn't there, it is there wasn't like there wasn't any actual backlash to it. It was uh, someone on like Reddit just made it up and then it like it just a screen cap of like the top of an article that doesn't actually exist just started making the rounds on uh, the internet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, the o- the only le- legitimate like version of that well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not saying legitimate as in like a legitimate argument. I'm saying like a credible complaint that I heard multiple times where people had backlash to like the A Force scene, uh, where it was like all the the female superheroes landing and assisting Captain Marvel. And to me, I was like, well, the only problem I had with that is like I don't think Captain Marvel needed help. Needed help, help. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just like, what well, what were they doing? And uh, there's a uh, uh, Artist reviewer guy, I don't know exactly what to call him, but he's a fellow like podcaster and stuff, and he does a channel called Nando V Movies, and he recently did one because that's what he does. He takes these great movies and does one, he goes one little tweak would make this just that much better, um, and and his was having Nebula as the one carrying the gauntlet instead of Captain Marvel because like her whole thing in with Thanos was she was supposed to be getting the stones for him and now she's getting the stones away from him and it completes her arc and then she would legitimately need Gamora and other people to assist her to get her to her end uh, destination at the van and stuff and I'm like yeah that makes a lot more sense but yeah you're always going to have people that are going to gripe about something like that yeah Yeah. I I love the Russo's answer to that too because um, there's an an interview that the brothers did that came out like a few days ago where they kind of answer or they kind of answer a lot of the questions that people have and then talk about some of the stuff. And they actually said with that, with that particular scene that they like, they were actually debating about whether they were going to include it because they were like, I don't know, like, is it pandering? Is it just really awesome? And then they were like, ultimately, even if it is pandering, it's just a really awesome shot. So they just put it in there anyway. Well, and that's the thing is, is they didn't add any subtext to it. It's not like all of the women were like, come on, we have to rally behind Captain Marvel. No, they just did it because yeah. they're badasses and they're superheroes. And that's what superheroes fucking do. And like that, that's why it didn't like even like remotely set off any alarms in my head. I just watched it and I was like, look at all the chicks getting together. This is badass, dude. Like that, that's all it was to me. Yeah, I mean, when, when the whole film is self-referential and going back and, and literally pointing out this is our 11-year history. Yep. Um, to me, I actually almost took it more of as a shot to DC and saying, like, look at all the ladies we have. I mean, congratulations on Wonder Woman and everything, but, like, look what we've built. You know what I mean? And that was the way it's always been. It's like, remember Avengers? You know, remember all these different little Easter eggs from Guardians of the Galaxy and all these, you know, hits that we've had, the biggest moments in the MCU. And then it, and then there's these little subtext ones of like, we've built this interconnecting web of characters and story and a lot of it's getting paid off now. And yeah, you're right. It, like the Russo said, it might have been a little on the nose, but for the point of saying like, we have built more than just 
let's take we didn't do a Zack Snyder and just take the Watchmen and put it on screen shot for shot. We've built something, and this is an element of that. So, no, nah, it, it it didn't bother me. Other than I'm like, I don't think Captain Marvel needs all these people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's the nerd version of me, where I'm like, yeah. well, with her power set, and then, you know, <laughs> okay, whatever, dork. No one cares yeah. about that. <laughs> it was the movie was just it was incredibly satisfying. So like, if if you were looking for because we love doing food analogies here because that's like our new thing this month um, or at least this this last 30 days um, if you want to compare Avengers Endgame to a, to, a, to a restaurant I don't think it's your five star Michelin rated Gordon Ramsay run restaurant where everything is like the greatest thing you've ever had but it's like I would say it's like it's not quite Olive Garden where it's like low-level Italian food that everybody loves, it's like Carabas. It's it's classy enough that, like, you could take a date there, but it's really, really good. The food quality is incredible, and you're walking away being like, man, that was a really good meal. It wasn't the greatest thing you've ever had in your life, but it was damn good. I, I was thinking you were going to say it's like a really high-end, like, sushi and, like, kind of Asian buffet. Yeah. where there's something for everybody like you kind of go into it and say we're going to present all of this to you and you can pick and choose whatever you like yeah it's all great yep. but whatever hits you at the moment you get to take that because it's That's all here better see look at look at you yeah. last week i had him this week you got him it was an it was a <laughs> high-end asian buffet steve well done you want some sushi yeah have some sushi you don't like sushi no worries we got all of the other stuff you like thai food you need just a bucket of noodles go for it yeah we, we have we have buckets right there make sure you get a fresh bucket every time you come up to the table like it was it was it was exact yeah that's that, that's perfect like it was it really was i think there was something for everybody and the biggest complaints that i'm hearing from people are the way captain america was handled at the end i think that's I, I, that. Let's talk yeah. about all of the, the, the time travel aspect then, because that's yeah. what it ties into. Yeah. Let's just get that all on the table. Okay. Yeah. So should we break down what the what they said the time travel rules were, like right now? It, it's basically anything you do when you go back in time is creating a, div, a divergent timeline. I mean, yeah. that, that, to, to put it simply. Yeah. It's Dragon Ball Z rules. rules. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that you guys both said that at the same time. That was cute. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And that, that makes sense why he did what he did, you know? But at the same time, too, when it's... The thing that bothered me about it was is there were, like, a couple pieces of dialogue that really could have made it pop. So, like, for instance, my, my biggest gripe is that he goes back in time to live a life with Peggy Carter, which, honestly, that's what I envisioned. That's, like, that's what I pictured he deserved, Yep. But I didn't picture it like that. I pictured it kind of bittersweet, like he sacrifices himself to save everybody and is stuck in time. And instead of like not being able to do anything about it, he just goes and he lives his life with Peggy because that's all he can do, you know? Or like it's like a almost like he goes to you know, like the end of um the end of Gladiator when he's like dying and he's like flashing between um the real world and uh the Elysian Fields, like the the at that time, you know, the Roman version of heaven. And he sees, like, he's walking through the Elysian Fields, and he sees his wife and his son at the top of the hill. Like, I pictured something like that. As Cap is, like, giving his last breath to defeat Thanos, he's, like, flashing back and forth. And he's, like, in a uh, club in um, 
in like the 40s and he sees Peggy standing there on the dance floor and he walks to her. That's kind of how I pictured it happening. And I'm not doing I'm not doing the headcanon thing where it's like this didn't meet my headcanon so I'm mad. No, it's that's just how I pictured it. Um yeah, I would have I would honestly I would have liked that. I I I, th- I could definitely have have seen that. Um but I I don't I didn't really have an issue with with how with how they did it, you know? And I think in also in kind of knowing what with Marvel is kind of uh, like the stuff that they have planned for uh, their Disney Plus service, I think it actually sets up really nicely for uh, what what we may see out of the Captain America character going forward into Phase Four and beyond. Yeah, yeah, and I think that would be kind of cool too. Like because that was the other thing that I kind of envisioned with it too is like like I said, I had wanted like maybe like a line or two of dialogue, and I felt like if he had said when Falcon asked him, you know, like can we ask about your wife? If he said, he kind of smiles and he looks at him and he's like, no. He's like, but I can let you know that I tweaked some stuff. Or, like, I did some good while I was there. And, like, he shows a picture of him and Bucky in, like, the 80s. And Bucky has both of his arms. And he's not the fucking Winter Soldier. You know? Because, like, <laughs> that was the thing that got me. Is, like, I, I can't imagine Steve Rogers going back in time and, and not having that same sense of duty that he always had. Because... He knows where Bucky is when he goes back to 1940-whatever to, to find Peggy, right? So, like, I, I just, like, if I'm envisioning it and I'm writing a story, it's it's literally, like, him saying, you know, Peggy, I, I'm, I came back. And he explains everything. He's like, I had to live a life without you. I was frozen for 70 years. And because of time travel, I'm able to be back with you. I get a second chance. But because I have a second chance, there's some shit that I'm going to fix, too. And he goes and he gets Bucky. And he goes and he, he smashes that little head-in-a-jar uh, Zola that was like infiltrating shield uh, and making them all fucked up with Hydra. Like, and he's, and he's stopping all that shit. He's stopping Tony Stark's parents from getting murdered. Like, because Bucky never becomes the winter soldier. And like, so you're saying there's no iron man. I mean, like, that's the thing though, is you wouldn't have to have an iron man. Cause he would stop all of that stuff. He, he would nip it in the bud basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> So yeah, I, but then, like, Thanos is still out there, and he would come in that universe, right? Because if you're splitting the multiverse off, there's still Infinity Stones, right? So yeah. then, if it's just Cap, then there's no Iron Man. We don't know how Black Widow and Hawkeye, like, because you'd assume, like, Cap would probably be running S.H.I.E.L.D. Because uh, yeah. we know that, uh, what's-his-face, Robert Redford is Hydra. So let's say, you know, Nick Fury and Cap are running S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe Clinton, Hawk or uh, Black Widow don't come in the same way. So, I mean, it, it would... But then maybe this is how they set up like X Men, and you know maybe but, that's how they bring them in. So who knows? I do have a well, I do have a fun, I I do have an idea of maybe what what how they can bring X Men in. But uh, to to Mike's point, uh, this is another thing that the the Russos actually touched on in that interview. So I'm going to read a little bit a little bit of uh, what they say about Captain America. He said, they said, to me, Captain America's action in the end wasn't the fact that he wanted to change anything. It's more like he has made a choice. He chose to go back to the past and live with the one he loved for the rest of his life. The time travel in this movie created an alternate reality. He lived a completely different life in that world. We don't know, how, we don't know exactly how his life turned out, but I like to believe that he still helped many others when they were needed in that world. Yes, there, there were go. two, yes, there were two Captain Americas in that reality. It's just like Hulk said, what happened in the past has already happened. So if you go back to the past, you simply create a new reality. 
the characters yeah. in the movie created a new timeline when they went back to the past, but it had no effect to the prime universe. What happened in the past 22 movies is still canon. Yeah, because I guess the frozen cap would still be in the Arctic somewhere. Yeah. So then that, yeah. Was, that was the real question then is like if he goes and he creates a divergent timeline where him and Peggy are just like doing, I don't know, whatever people did in the 40s, going to sock hops and <laughs> whatever. Um, but like how but, did that old cap show back up? Well, I mean – so uh, he would also, have had to jump back over with with pin particles. Yeah, that it, yeah, it, that's the the very next thing that I didn't read. Uh, read after that, uh, they basically said that old Cap at the end of the movie he lived his married life in a different universe from the main one. He had to make another jump back to the main universe at the end to give the shield to Sam. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So he literally crossed timelines to yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got gotcha. and. and 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 one of the the one of the things that Marvel is doing for Disney Plus is uh, their What If series, and so like uh, one of the rumors floating around is that uh, the reason that uh, the Russos a while back said, "Hey, you know, Cap Chris Evans might not exactly be done playing Cap just yet," is because they're going to let him, you know, get in some director work you know and also play uh, and also some work playing cap and doing a what if series with this alternately created timeline that cap created when he when he went back to be with peggy which is i mean awesome like i was just saying like how cool would it be if we had like a 1940s or 1950s captain america like just kicking ass and taking names like but he he can't be like he was. Actually, no. There's no rules that he can't. Like he literally could do whatever he wanted because it's not like he has to worry about like, oh well, people might find out who I am because now there's like a certain freedom that comes with that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But it's also interesting too because he he's also operating in a world where his 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 actual self from that timeline is still there too. Ooh, that's like just an interesting like moral quandary. Then like you go back, do you unfreeze yourself? Because there's like a genetic duplicate of yourself out there. Yeah. Yep. You know what changes do you make, if any, and how does that affect how your other self navigates in that world? I just like I I, I subscribe to the the Barry Allen theory of time travel of like <laughs> I'm going back and I'm fixing stuff. Like I'm stopping my mom from getting murdered. You know, like it's that that's the way that I would do it. Um, if I, yeah, I think, I yeah. think he, I think yeah. he would probably follow that too. I don't think, I don't think he can, yeah. I don't think he can stop himself. And it's not like a self-control thing. I think his sense of duty and moral obligation just overrides everything. And like, he wouldn't be able to be like, well, I'm going to let my best friend, you know, be brainwashed a- a- into becoming, you know, a-, a human weapon. Like he would have to go save Bucky. Yeah. And I got to imagine like, even we're talking about like the superhero stuff, but I mean, I bet you the civil rights movement starts a little bit earlier with someone as big of a symbol as Captain America and like bringing oh, yeah. that kind of knowledge from like 2023 back. I mean, he's obviously not like the scientist minded thing, but as far as you know, morality and treating people with you know, equality and decency, oh, yeah. uh, that I mean, that would be there. I mean, that might foster a relationship with like Wakanda earlier, so I mean, you get. 
maybe um, T'Chaka is his dad, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you, you might have a relationship there and, and have the, you, you know, Wakanda coming out of its hiding in an earlier st- There's a lot of ripple effects by him being back beyond just, yeah, he could probably get Bucky out and, like, punch bad guys in the face a little earlier. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, after the Nazis are gone, then he's punching, punching commies in the face, right? Like, I mean, we can all so agree that he's punching commies. Punch. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many commies to punch. You'd have to punch Nixon in the face. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's punching people in the face. Um, so let's let's get a little into uh, the Geek Sheets here as we hit that theme music for the Geek Sheets. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. Now it's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's Steve Monick. This 1940s voice that I'm using. It's appropriate because you just traveled back in time so you yeah. could live with your lifelong love that you lost. And, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know about you guys because I never I, – I always bring it up and I don't know if you guys care about it. Like for some reason, I've always been fascinated by like box office returns and rankings and that kind of stuff as far as the fiscal end of movies. Yeah. I obviously care about the artistic quality, how enjoyable they are, that kind of stuff. But I've always thought – the box office was very interesting. Um, I play that fantasy movie league that's all based around it. Like, I just think it's very fascinating. Um, so that was what I started with just because of how quickly it's taken off. Like, we all knew it was going to do well. I don't even know if anyone realized it was going to do this well. Um, it took it eight days to make the eighth highest movie of all time. <laughs> that's nuts, man. I mean, like, yes. we... Wow. We all remember how well Black Panther did. It's already made more money than Black Panther did. Ooh. Like, it's it's insane. It, it's beat The Last Jedi. It's beat the original Avengers. I mean, in in a week, it, it's making such an insane amount of money. Um, it's, um, it's everyone knows it's going to be hard to beat number one, Avatar, because Avatar had so much going for it. Basically, everyone was going into the highest priced ticket because you had to see it in like the IMAX 3D to get the full like quote avatar experience. Um, it was came out in a time where it had very little competition. So people were seeing it multiple, multiple times. But if any movie's gonna do it, it's gonna be this one. Because oh. it has eleven years of backing, because people are gonna see it multiple times, um, because it does have some of those premium theater prices going for it. Um, avatar was two point seven eight eight billion. Um, Avengers is, I mean, and this is, none of this is inflation. These are just true dollars, but Endgame is definitely going to be the fifth $2 billion movie. It's going to happen. I think it's going to hit three. I think it's going to blow it, past three. Yeah. No, nothing's yeah. ever hit three. And so that's the question. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this, guys, this movie has the best there? chance of any, just, just, I mean, just by proxy of everyone's going to see, everyone's seeing this movie three, four, five times. Yeah. Like, Exactly. I, I know people who've already who've already gone back to watch it a fourth or fifth time already. It's only been nine days. Yeah. Excuse me. It's only been a week. Okay. I've to kind of answer your question, Steve. Like, it's not that I don't care about the box office. Like, I always think it's cool, and there's certain movies that I root for because I feel like they deserve it. But like for me, it's never been about the the box office. It's always been about the quality of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Just you know, in my opinion. But yeah, like. I didn't realize that Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows was so highly ranked. I had no idea. And then 
Furious Seven. I had no idea that that was so highly ranked. And I and I love that in this article you take a, a shot at Furious Seven, but then you also compliment it in the same way. You were just like, you were like, yeah, you know, this is. It doesn't mean that it's a good movie just because it made a lot of money. I'm looking at you, Furious Seven. But you're like, but it did exactly what it's supposed to, and it gave the fans exactly what they were looking for. So it was like, I, yeah. I think that was the one that came out right after Paul Walker yep. died. Yep, and, that's, um, yeah, that's the that's the one. And they did a lot of things that kind of Endgame did is they they played off of this whole finality of it. And obviously they've made movies after that. They have this Hobbs and Shaw one coming up. So they're spinning off. I mean, it doesn't end the same way the MCU is going to continue. But it's kind of like it's the end of the era. And I think those ones really get a lot of people coming back. Um, It's either the end of an era ones or ones that are after a long hiatus, there's this great franchise coming back. So, I mean, when you look at like some of the top ones, like force awakens in Jurassic world, well, that makes sense. We haven't had awesome dinosaurs or Jedi's in a long, long time. Everyone's going to run out and see it. Or you got your end game, infinity war. You have furious seven end of an era. Um, you have Harry Potter and the deathly hallows part two. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them in scattered here. They're just amazing films, you know, like the first Avengers, black Panther and uh, Avatar and Titanic are still the top two for their respective demographics. But um, yeah, like I, I knock Fury 7 because I'm not a car guy. I don't care about any of this. I don't enjoy those movies personally. But that being said, you have to give it credit where credit's due. Um, it destroyed the box office. I mean, when you're in top 10, you have earned that spot. Yeah. I, I just think the movie's going to just destroy everything in its path. Like it, it is going <laughs> to, I've never seen a movie make this much money that quickly. Like it, it's going to obliterate everything because it's exactly there. There's no, okay. With last Jedi, last Jedi had a flaw, whether you agree with the flaw or not, it pissed off a lot of people. Avengers hasn't really pissed off anybody except for like, okay. So friend of the show, C Gats, right. Has some friends that are just like, I think that they were like, they were born like born naysayers. Like no matter what people like, they have to hate. And like, he had this I know friend. Who's he, I know you're talking yeah, about. Contrarian. Like, yeah. They're just the contrarians. Like literally this dude, like C Gats hadn't seen the movie yet. Right. And he was like, well, from what everybody's saying, man, this movie should be awesome. And his friend was like, well, if you've got a brain and you can analytically think and you don't have ADHD, then you'll, you'll not like the movie like me. And I was just like, wow. Like you, you took a shot at people with ADHD. First off. Secondly, you're saying that if you, if you, if you liked the movie, you can't think analytically. It was like, Dude, can't you just be like, eh, it was okay, and just move on? Like, <laughs> really, dude? Like, that—that that is that is the 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 gross minority. There are very few people in that category. I think, um, not like Last Jedi, where there was a lo- there was a very loud vocal proponent that did not like the movie. But I think by and large, everybody did it. Actually, like when you look at it, it just turned out it was a very vocal minority. Um, but Avengers doesn't have that at all. And I, and I feel like it's just going to keep printing its own money. And we will be seeing this movie in the theaters until probably like October. Yeah, to put it in context, if you read the article, I wrote it on a Thursday. And it had 1. Uh, where is it? 1.639. On Friday, the next day, it has 1.785. So it made $145 million dollars thursday to friday again that's the kind of that's the kind of money it's making like on a daily basis so i I agree i think it's just gonna smash everybody 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at that at rate, time. at that rate, what? It's another two weeks, and it's gonna be, it's gonna crack two billion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll do it this weekend because. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Just, yeah. just domestically, it's projected for around one sixty. That'll put it at like one ninety four ish, or one one point nine four billion. So, that's not including anything overseas. That's just what the U.S. is gonna do. You still have the rest of the world who's seeing this movie. So yeah, it's gonna crack two. It's just movies all they make like 90 percent of their money in the first two weekends. You know what I mean? Like the first two weeks. So does it have the legs to make the other, you know, I don't know, maybe 600, 700 million? It would need to to be number one. Well, I mean, ultimately, Infinity War uh, made how much? Two point oh four eight billion uh, uh, it's fourth all time behind star uh, in, uh force awakens titanic and avatar um yeah so i mean end games only like 260 million behind what infinity war did goodness gracious jeez um it's it's just it's incredible i mean like we i, I think it would be the first to break three billion i, I mean i yeah. think we, we all kind of agree on that um so topic number two um I mean, we don't really need to spend a lot of time on this one because, like, is there a post-credit scene? Nope. Like, post-credit found. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but yeah, like, I'll even do the voice that I pictured you, you, you when you were writing this. I bet there will be a teaser set up with the Fantastic Four against Galactus, and then the other guy's like, "No way! It'll be some kind of hint that the time travel opened the door to the X-Men." And then the other ones, maybe it'll be some something bittersweet with Spider-Man leading into Far From Home. Wrong. Yeah, all of it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's just how I picture people talking about this. Like, even though that's all of us. What are that. the odds we hear that we hear that voice somewhere tomorrow? Oh, oh, I'm so gonna use that voice like all day. <laughs> <laughs> hey just guys, cross, you do- just cross your eyes and shake your head around a lot, like you're super important and articulate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a. <laughs> I don't know if you actually ever saw that person in, in in real life, but that's a very accurate depiction of that person. Um, but yeah, like that's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. like, I was I was fine with. I want to get your guys' opinion. Like, were you expecting one for one and two? Now that we know there isn't one, like, are you disappointed or is it kind of like meh? No. Uh, no, I mean they they told us beforehand that there was no post credit scene, and I'm not upset at it because I feel like everything that could have been a post credit scene was just a part of the movie. Like anything you could have put in there at, as some sort of uh, homage to something from one of the previous uh, movies. No, it. I, I feel like they just added. They just made it part of the movie. They found a, a place for it. So I'm not I'm not upset that they didn't, you know, include one in it. And then also, also, the other reason I'm not upset about it is this isn't even the last movie of phase three that comes out in two months. So if they're going to tease anything for what the next phase of movies is going to be, it'll probably be that it'll probably be a post credit scene for that movie since they're taking about a year off before, you know, we, we get something for. Um, their phase four. So, I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm not upset about it. I feel like they, you know, they. Th- this was a love letter to the fans, and you know, they they kind of just hit every point that they needed to hit. 
you didn't feel there was a way to sign that love letter with a kiss on the post credits. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's Spider Man. Yeah. I, I think in the I, form of a two-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a, it's a, a post-credit makeout scene. Yeah. Right. Like, it's a sweet makeout sesh. Um, yes. I'm expecting. <laughs> and it's yours. Um, I I was fine. It didn't bother me at all. Um, honestly, if they had done it, I think it would have been cheesy. Because then it would have like. This this was the biggest, baddest thing ever, right? Like, this event, this whole series leading up to this. Like, and if you... If all of a sudden at the very end, let's say Galactus shows up, right? It's like, well, then all of that shit we just did was worthless because now here comes another bigger, badder dude. And it's... it yep. Basically, it ends up being exactly what happened to uh, The Walking Dead, where it was like, it's just going to repeat over and over and over again. So they were very smart in not doing that. And, like, yep. and instead of, like saying because like we all saw dc and warner brothers try to copy it and being like oh well we need to have an overarching franchise and then so did like the universal monsters they, they tried to do it too for some weird fucking reason and like everybody tried to create this cinematic universe and like it doesn't always work and i think if marvel's smart the the first thing that they're gonna do is, is like they're just gonna start doing some movies for single characters and if they want to tie them together they can they don't have to like it's you don't always have to have a big giant thing and and maybe i mean they're gonna make three billion dollars off this damn movie (laughs) like (laughs) they'll be all right if they they got a little like creative with some of the things that they're doing i mean like some of the movies after spider-man i mean we're getting a shang chi movie for crying out loud most people don't even know who shang chi is so I think that they're gonna they're gonna flex their muscles a little bit, and we'll see some different things. I mean, we'll get another Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, most likely they'll be Ask Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I mean, like what? I mean, what else? What else would you guys want to see next after after this? I mean, Ultimately, oh, go ahead, MC. No, I was gonna say. Well, I, I mean, I think they're gonna. I, I think they're gonna probably stay in space for a bit. If anything, they could probably explore. A lot of the you know space-based uh, characters and whatnot that they have, like we know that they're going to do a Captain Marvel too, considering the film. I mean, the film did well, so you know they're gonna they're gonna do that. So I'd be curious to see what kind of stuff they want to explore for that. Um, they could obviously do something like a Nova Corps movie, um, which I, I feel like they've kind of talked about. I know they're doing an, an Eternals movie. Um, so I mean, I I would be curious to see because because I think they'll probably do it twofold. I think they'll focus a bit on like space based stuff, but I think they won't ignore uh, like Earth. So we'll we'll get stuff like Shang Chi. We'll get we're getting another Spider Man. Um, who knows? We may get like a Captain Britain or something like that. Because there was Britain. actually there was actually an Easter egg yeah. for that in uh in uh in and the movie Namor. too. Yep, and and Namor, which. Uh, I, I think I think he I think that's the most obvious one, and I hope Marvel is able to figure out with that you know whatever the rights are with that character because I mean, te- I mean having Okoye mention uh, mention Tremors uh, underneath Wakanda, I mean that's a huge Easter egg there, and then the Doctor Strange two director a couple months ago posted a. Um, Posted a, a a photo from the comics where you can clearly see Namor coming after trying to help a drowning Doctor Strange. I mean, like 
I, I feel like the, the the evidence is there. They just need to go ahead and, and figure that out. You really could do some fun stuff, though, now that, like... Because Doctor Strange, we really have only seen him in his one movie and then in, in the two uh, Infinity War movies. And he's due for a sequel. And I really like the idea of, of seeing some of, like, the the weird mystical stuff that he could bring to the table instead of just, like, their... Because, I mean, they, they even said, like, the different eras that you have. Like, you're going to get into the space stuff. I think, in, like, to the mystical stuff would be oh, kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, you really could see some things that would be different than what we've seen thus far. I, I was talking with Mandy about um, the MCU and, you know, where it's going and what she thought about the movie and everything the other night. And the point I made to her is, like, I, the reason I believe the MCU is successful where other connected universe startups have not been is because Marvel was smart enough to make a series of movies that are connected, but are a vast variety of genres of movies. They're not all like, think about like the DCEU, for example, like they tried to do everything, but it had this dark and gritty Zack Snyder kind of thing. Like even suicide squad that was supposed to be the goofy weird one it was kind of dark and weird. Like it just had that overtone to it. But then you think about all the movies that the MCU has. I mean, there's heist movies, there's political drama movies, there's sci-fi comedies. Captain Marvel to me almost felt kind of like a fugitive type movie where it's like a cop, you know, they're chasing, chasing down, you know, uh, fugitives kind of thing. Um, like a, like a U.S. Marshals type feel. Um, like they all hit these different like genre templates and they marvelify it. They put superheroes. They put a layer of comedy into it to make it more mass appeal. But they have cast such a wide net from the genre standpoint. I feel if they keep doing that. So like Shang-Chi, if you want to bring in like a martial arts aspect, you're going to bring in that many more fans. And I feel like when you get people kind of hooked on whatever their flavor was, they came in to the universe in you keep them invested throughout everything else, the way it's all interconnected. So the question that I have then is what do you guys want to see next? Whether it's a a sequel from a character that we've already been, that's already been established, whether it's something new, something different. Like if you got to pick the next thing that was going to be, because like like MC said, phase four has not even started yet. And, and it's it's not even really like mapped out. What do you want to see first? Regardless of what the, I don't need you to tell me what phase four is going to be. Like, I'm just curious, like, what do you want to see? What's the, what's the thing like that's foremost on your mind right now as far as like Marvel stuff? I, I like the kind of major storylines that they hit. I think Civil War and obviously Infinity Gauntlet were the two biggest like crossover mega from the comic pages to the screen kind of storylines. I like when they take these recognizable titles, but kind of twist them and reinvent them in their own way. Uh, So I wouldn't have a problem. Like a lot of people obviously have been talking about Secret Invasion because they've introduced the scrolls. That would be kind of interesting. Uh, that one never really did it for me as much. But if they, again, take this recognizable crossover storyline title and do something interesting and unique with it on the film, 
I think that's what I'd like to see is something that bridges the gap for me as a lifelong comic fan, but then me and Manny can talk about it, and she got just as much out of it as I did. MC, what about you, man? Okay, uh, I mean, I think the obvious elephant in the room here is, uh, I mean, I want to see what they do with, uh, you know, with Fantastic Four. If they can get that franchise right, what they're going to do as far as the X-Men are concerned, and more more than anything, how they're going to kind of introduce, you know, these, these, these characters considering, I mean, like all of this stuff has happened. You know, we're we're in 2023 as far as the the timeline is concerned. You know, where have these people with all these where have they been? Like what what is how are you gonna explain the X gene? You know, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to you know, how they're going to, you know, do that and how they're gonna tie that in, how they're gonna tie in the defenders once they get once the embargo on those characters is up and kind of what they, you know, what's their plan for Daredevil? What's their plan for Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Um, I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot. I mean, I'm, if, if, if just to reference Endgame, I, I, I want. When are we going to see Sam Wilson Captain? Like, wh- oh, yeah. is that going to be, is that going to be in his show with, with Bucky? Is, is that going to be, like, is he not going to debut till the next Avengers film? You know, I'm like there's there's a lot that they can that they can do. So I'm 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 curious. Like they've they've hinted at Bucky being the White Wolf twice. Like, is that going is that going to be a thing? You know, they're doing work for Black Panther too. Um, Bucky, as far as we're concerned, is still technically a fugitive. Like, is is he going to be part of that? Is he gonna is he gonna take? O- is he gonna be like the White Wolf from the comics? You know, I'm I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I just want to see what they're gonna do. Uh, if I if I had to pick, I, I really want to see what they're gonna do with the the two franchises that haven't done particularly well on their own, and and also what they're gonna do with with uh, Sam Wilson and well Sam Wilson as as Cap. I really great hope, answers. Yeah. Great answers, by the way. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, I'm really hoping that what we're seeing with this is. We get little, like, little things would be cool for me, and I'll give you an example. I want to know what the snap actually did to certain things. Like, he, like I was thinking of this as MC was bringing it up. Like, is Bucky still a fugitive? I mean, technically, but does anybody care? Because, like, most maybe most of the people who were tracking him and trying to bring him to justice uh, got snapped, you know? Yep. Or, like, they were... Ex- Thunderbolt Ross was at Iron Man's funeral... You know yeah. what I mean? So I mean, yeah. he wasn't down there bringing bringing the hammer and bringing cops in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that maybe like all of this has just kind of gotten like wiped away. Like everybody kind of gets a clean slate after Endgame. Um, but I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I want to know some of these little things. I want to know. <laughs> so you want to know? Like I had, I, I was two years into a ten year sentence. Am I now seven years into my sentence? <laughs> like, is Vulture allowed to go free, or like, yeah. how much time is left on his sentence? <laughs> exactly. Like you, like you mentioned in your Spider Man portion of the article. Like, was everybody in Peter's high school snapped, or are there like some people who are like high school graduates now, and like are like you know moving on to uh, their post college careers? Like, was there even college because half the professors were snapped? Like. I want to know some of the ramifications of what happened 
because there's got there's got to be some answers. But like now that everybody's back, like, do we just go right back to life as normal? Is everything normal? Like, you you saw that like I mean there was no baseball like the the Met like City Field was was in shambles like. I mean, the Mets suck anyways, but still, like, yeah. it's... <laughs> How can you tell? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but, like, that, that's... Maybe the snap did them a favor. <laughs> it took them out of their misery. Um, <laughs> they were I, eliminated from playoffs at exactly the same time. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually the only team in Major League Baseball to be eliminated from, from playoff contention before the snap happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, we're ripping on the Mets for some reason like <laughs> deserved hey they yeah. brought it up this is their fault um yeah like the the thing the thing that I mean I want to know that but also like the X-Men hold a near and dear place in my heart and I want the X-Men done right and I still stand by um don't give me another X-Men movie give me an X-Men series on Disney plus and that I feel like that would be I just feel like that would work better like maybe I'm a purist and I miss the old cartoon, but like if you make an X Men series, there's so many friggin' X Men that like it would be interesting, and you could rotate your cast and characters, and you could have yep. multiple storylines going on. You could have 23 episodes like they like doing on regular TV, and we gripe about that all the time about how many too many damn episodes. Well, there wouldn't be too many damn well, episodes when you got 40 friggin' X Men. Yeah, and, and honestly, that uh, <laughs> that just made me sad that that Fox canceled the Gifted because I felt like the Gifted gave us that. It gave us an X-Men series that didn't focus on, you know, all the main characters and actually existed in a, in a world where the X-Men don't exist anymore, but they are still mutants and people who have abilities. So I was, I was really sad to see that series go. But if, if, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the market is definitely there for that because that, that show, that show is gone now. Yeah. I, I th- and I think, I think we're proud. I mean, honestly, They've had to prepare for this phase four before having the rights to all of these characters. So honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even get any X Men anything for like a good five years or so. Because yeah. I, I think they'll. I mean, you have to let the dust settle from this franchise that's about to end later this year. You kind of have to let people, you know, get away from it, get it out of their minds, so that when you do decide to bring back. Uh, bring back some of these characters in the next X-Men franchise and whether it's a show or movie that there's been enough there's been enough of a gap that people will miss them. Like you could probably do a Fantastic Four because all of the movies have been bad. We're a couple years removed from the most recent attempt at, at getting that right. But X-Men I mean it's probably like a good five years or so I would think probably after the next Avengers film. Oh yeah? Hey. And it's not like it's not like when they got Spider-Man where it's like they had this kind of handshake deal with Sony where it's very nebulous on how and when they can use them. So like just mention them in Ant-Man, get it out there and we'll go from there. It's yeah. like, OK, we own it. We have the rights to do whatever we want with it, whenever we want. Let's do it right. Well, the other the other thing that I want to know, too, is first off, why did everybody hate the first two Fantastic Four movies, like with Jessica Alba and uh, Chris Evans before he became Captain America. Like, I didn't, I didn't hate them. I, I, I didn't it, hate. I thought they were fine. Ahead. That was it. Yeah. I I didn't hate them either. And I, but I mean, I, by this point, I haven't seen them since they were in theaters. So I don't. I mean, I, I'd have to I'd have to rewatch them. 
But I, I don't remember dislike. I don't remember disliking those movies so much. The Unlike most recent- the Raimi Spider Man, they have not aged as well with the absolute plethora of Marvel films that we have to compare them to. Because I mean, at the time you had like two Spider-Man movies, a Punisher movie and a Fantastic Four. Like, I mean, like you really didn't have anything to compare them to. Right. So at the time, like in the theater, like, yeah, they seem like the Silver Surfer looked great. Those action, like that action scene where at the beginning, uh, Human Torch is chasing the Silver Surfer. I remember thinking like, this is amazing. Like, this is how I've always pictured the Silver Surfer zipping around, flying all over the place. Like, I mean, this is great. And there are still some redeeming qualities to those films. I felt like uh, Dr. Christian Troy looked pretty decent in the Dr. Doom outfit, for yeah. example. Yeah. But, I mean, there are some, like, very cringeworthy, like, this is so early 2000s. <laughs> I remember some 41 in snowboarding. Like, these are things <laughs> that, like, just haven't aged super well. And, and whereas I feel like, you know, if you watch the MCU, I mean, you go back to 2008 and watch Iron Man, that film holds up. Oh, yeah. Except for the Absolutely. MySpace reference, of course. Oh, that yeah. didn't age well. <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> That's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they can do them right. I don't know what their problem has been in that new reincarnation. They tried, it just didn't work. Like... But whatever. I mean, like it, now that it's in Disney's hands, like that's the other thing too. Is like you'll have some naysayers who are like, Disney is just Disney gets their hands on everything, and it just becomes this marketing machine. They're movies. They're meant to make money, and yep. in the right hands, that can be done. And Disney manages to turn even their flops into million-dollar films. And like a perfect, we were talking about a Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time did not do well, but a Wrinkle in Time still made a buttload of money. And I'm looking it up right now because I'm curious. Ooh. I know it didn't do well, but like it's yeah, 132 million dollars. That's still a lot of mo- That's still a lot of money. You know. And Endgame made that amount of money yesterday. Yeah. Right now, as we're dis- <laughs> as we're discuss as we're discussing it, that movie made that much money. <laughs> that was worldwide, not domestic. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> From the time we started the sentence to when we ended it. Adventures has made that much money, um, but like that—that's—that's that's kind of my point with this. Is even even in Disney movies that don't like do exceptionally well, they still do really well. And yeah. given the right, given put in the right hands, that's the other thing too. Is Disney hires the best? They're they're not hiring schlubs off the street. They're getting people with the the best pedigrees when it comes to this stuff. They don't they don't just go out and get the cheapest person to do it. Like. Uh, uh. I was going to say, and, and I think, and, and I think they've realized too, with just the success of the original couple MCU films, the the Iron Man, Thor, the the uh, first Cap movie, they, they they realize that there is a market for this when you do it right. That people will absolutely come and spend their money on you if you can do it right. Like it's it's not just making some throwaway movie where. People are going to go see it because it kind of looks recognizable. It's like, oh, no, this legitimately looks like a good movie, even if you're not someone. And, and I think that's that's the appeal, too, is with, with the with the early films, too, is even if you were someone who is not a superhero person, you could just go and watch them and be genuinely into them because they're just well-made films. Yeah. Like I, I've heard such, I've heard a lot of great things um, about movies like like Winter Soldier. I have I have friends of mine who 
like don't care, did not care about anything superhero related, but they saw Winter Soldier and it made them want to check check out the rest of what they're what they're doing. It made them a fan because it was just a genuinely really good film. So, and I think Disney, with realizing that, is going to like they realize like as long as we put some effort into what we're doing, even if it doesn't exactly turn out to be the best, people are going to come check it out. Well, and that's that's a perfect example because like I was, I mean, I've I've always read comic books, I've always liked comic books. I was never a huge Iron Man fan, really at all. I mean, I knew who he was. That he was one of the Avengers, but that was really about it. Like I was like, oh, he's oh, oh, he's he's Batman for Marvel. Okay, cool. Um, that Iron Man that's movie. Say what now? That's Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Tony Tony Stark is the Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Of the Marvel universe. <laughs> I mean, it, really, if you want to break it down too, I mean, he solves all his problems with money. Okay. Like, yeah. all, like well, he's he's, he's yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he's he's Batman. Um, but like that Iron Man movie made me become an Iron Man fan. It, it got me into what they were doing. I was like, this looks like this could be really something good. And not only did it create this thing that we're discuss- that we've been discussing for an, almost an hour and a half now, it, it also it resurrected um, Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Like it was I wouldn't say it was done, but it was it was not as good as it had started in the 80s and early 90s like he was he was floundering at points because of his drug addiction issues that he had but like man did he did he that put him back on the map in a big way because without that he's not doing um Sherlock Holmes you know he's not doing any of the other things that he's done since Iron Man and I think it goes all the way back I'm sorry was it Mike or MC that you said like you can't just put out something that generally represents it actually has to be a quality film um, like the the idea that like if you asked me 10 years ago hey uh, you're gonna have a wife do you think she'll know what infinity stones are and I'll be like do you mean infinity jams but like um, like the concept of them I would have laughed in your face and now everybody knows what they are because of the quality. You can't just take something from the comics, throw it on the screen and go, good, right? Uh, it has to be made with, with quality characters, quality acting, the visuals. I mean, stuff as little as the score. How recognizable is the the Avengers like theme? You know, you can hear it in your head right now. Um, all the little details were there. Uh, and obviously it helps to have Disney's backing and an unlimited pool of Scrooge McDuck money. But, um, you know, there's other studios that have that kind of backing and resource and they just have missed the mark. Um, so I think being wise with your resources, making quality and casting that wide net has made it what it is today. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's it, it's it's definitely in a completely different place than it was when this started. And I mean, hats off to, to Disney and Marvel because Disney didn't even take over until when did they take over? They bought it. They bought it them in like 2007, right? 2008. It's like somewhere around then. Mm, that sounds let's, right. Let's check the internet, folks. It definitely was like the late. Okay, there you go. Yeah. 2009. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, Iron Man came out first, and then they bought it because they did not own Iron Man yet or any of the Marvel stuff, and then they did. And it's like, 
then they were picking up the pieces. Yeah. And it's like the same thing with like the like I think Namor has the same thing going as the Hulk at the time because Universal owns the rights to their solo films, but at, because yeah. they're so integral to like other teams and other aspects of the Marvel like comic universe, they're allowed to be in team up movies. So like right now, yep. Universal would have to be on board if it was a Namor solo movie as part of the MCU, like Sony has been with Spider Man. Whereas the like if Namor was in Black Panther two or Doctor Strange two or something like that is like either a villain or an antihero or whatever, they can do that tomorrow if they wanted to. Yep. Does does it make me a dick if if they somebody tells me they're making a Namor movie and I'm just like eh pass. Like you're I just, like is he gonna get the green speedos though? That's the question. I just don't even care. <laughs> like I'm not even like I just don't care. Like it's nothing against Namor. I mean I'm sure the movie would be fine, but like how many people said that about Ant Man when that came out? <laughs> How many people said that about Doctor Strange? It's true. And then, yeah. like, you look at yeah. both of them in, like, this past two movies, and you're like, these guys are pretty rad. All I'm going to say is, is I called Ant-Man because I did, again, shameless self-promotion. Um, if you go to greatgeekrefuge.com uh, and you click on articles and go to comics, I actually wrote an article uh, that Steve and I had created the concept for, uh, the splash pages. And I did a splash page for... Ant-Man before the movie came out and called it and said, this is going to be a really friggin' fun movie, like because of who this guy is and where he came from and who's directing it because people were like giving it a bunch of crap and they were like, oh, I don't know the guy who directed, um, what's the, um, bring it on. He was the guy who directed bring it on is the one who's directing, uh, Ant-Man. You know, that's a movie about cheerleaders and then cheerleaders never do anything cool. Uh, yeah, they friggin' do. They flip around and do all sorts of crazy shit as the father of a cheerleader can tell you like it's and and and, it, and they they hit on that one too you know like it's well and that, that i think that was some blowback because edgar wright is such a beloved uh writer director yeah uh and and he was so involved with it and then when he dropped off the project i think people are like well this has just gone to shit now yeah because because he's not involved but it was like i don't think at that point people also grasp like did you guys not see Avengers? Like, do you, do you not see, like, how big of a world they can build? Uh, I think they can take the elements, the shards that Edgar Wright left you and, and put that together. <laughs> so this is how old this article about Ant-Man is. It was written by Frank Landau. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Double bird Landau? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to change the byline on it right now. If I'm telling people that you need to go check out the article, it needs to be by Mike Lunsford. And then I'm actually going to put comma, definitely not some other weird name. <laughs> that's hilarious wow why why did we do that, that was ridiculous because it, we felt that it gave us a little bit of insulation that we could say certain things without like i don't know but also too it made us look like we were, made us look like we were bigger than we actually were and instead of just well, two, not, instead of just two assholes <laughs> running a website like it, it oh, was yeah, like hey we have a staff of people you know like that's right like the art house workshop thing where it's just two dudes working as like 17 different people exactly i think that was a little more because i was like what were we writing that was inflammatory like what we were writing that we were like we need to have aliases so people don't come after our families like no, what were we nothing. writing it was like i think they might do civil war someday it's like yeah no no kidding everyone knows this yeah it was it was literally like we've written nothing inflammatory at all period <laughs> like it was just like i couldn't remember exactly why we did it and then it dawned on me i was like wait that's right because we wanted to make it seem like like hey we're a big deal you know look at us yeah throwing money around we, 
having cigars in our mouth while we make business deals, you know? Like, shit like that. I have one of those dress shirts that has a collar that's a different color than the shirt. <laughs> you can tell I'm a big deal. <laughs> I have cufflinks. <laughs> Don't know how to use them, but I own them. What are some other, what are some other bullshit things, MC, that, like, are status symbols but, like, are, are functionally worthless? Like Monocles. Monocles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally think like really fancy watches. Oh, um, got who's the manager for the Cubs? Oh, uh, Joel Madden. His glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Those things that he needs to see—they're just yeah. completely ridiculous. His his just specifically his him and his glasses. Just him, <laughs> him in general. Just, just Joel just Madden. Him. He's unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> Get him gone. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, guys, I think that we've we've had our fun, man. This was this was a blast episode. We, we talked about this thing that we love very, very much. Um, I would give you guys the opportunity to talk about Game of Thrones if you're watching it. I don't, but it's and I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, I'm gonna tell everybody that I don't watch Game of Thrones. No, I just don't watch it, man. It's it's cool. Like I'll watch it maybe, like you know, at some point. Um. I mean, like, right now the plan is is just like when I broke my ankle um, carrying suitcases to go on vacation, and then I ended up watching all of Daredevil because I couldn't go anywhere. Maybe I'll, like, break another bone, and then I'll be able to watch Game of Thrones. I mean, if that's what it takes, I, I mean, hammers are pretty cheap at the hardware <laughs> store. I'll, I'll be down to DC in a couple hours. Oh, my God. No, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. It's just, honestly, like, after my, my you know, my double bird Lunsford rant, <laughs> which is trademarked, by the way, so don't anybody else steal it. Um... I almost don't want to watch it. <laughs> like, because... don't don't let that. I mean, how many yeah. times though have you run into yeah. something? A, a, a fan base is an entirety is toxic, or just a certain event comes off in a really negative light. Oh, that's but don't its don't, name don't hold is, the, it's, don't its hold name the is Arrow. Arrow. It's yeah, name is there, Arrow. there was a dude. <laughs> there was a dude at that place that we worked that was friends with Doofus. Remember Doofus? Um, I forget. Yeah. Um, he was friends with Doofus. And I remember he gave me like this 15 minute like monologue about why Arrow was the most amazing thing in the world. And I remember walking away from that conversation saying, I'm never fucking watching that show. Like, <laughs> it took me like five years and I finally started watching it. But like, it's. I mean, if you're not yeah. into it, you're yeah. not into it. That's fine. That's yeah. also a perfectly acceptable, logical you know, thing to say. But don't let this like no, it, it outside won't. weirdness dictate whether or not you think something's quality no it, i think it, it i think won't. a lot of people run into that unfortunately yeah and it, and, and it ultimately it won't i mean i'll watch it eventually because like i i love sword and sorcery shit anyways i love lord of the rings like that's the problem though is anytime that i've had the itch for it because it was like a few months ago i was like you know I can easily find game of thrones season one online it wouldn't be difficult to, to procure such a thing but instead, I ended up seeing that that Lord of the Rings, um, um, all, like all three of them were on Netflix, and I was like, "Well, I'm watching that instead," because yeah. I know what that is, and I know that I love that, and it's nothing against um, Game of Thrones. I'm sure that I would enjoy that too. But man, do I really love Lord of the Rings! So like, it's going to be hard to top that. And I actually did a poll at one point on GGR. And I asked everybody, I was like, what do you like more, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? And Game of Thrones won by a sizable margin. I was I was surprised. 
like it was it was not even close. I want to say it was like it was like sixty forty, like if not more than that. Like it was, yeah. I'm I'm not sure that necessarily surprises me because I mean it's more recent, and I guess you're going to say yeah. like, well, there's a nostalgia aspect to it. But it'd be one thing if Lord of the Rings came out in like eighty seven. But I mean, it came out so long ago that there's been generations built on top of it. Um, I and I, and but yeah. the movies I don't think are old enough to have a nostalgia attached to them. Like I think that's usually the driving force for something that's old I got that it, outweighs yeah. a comparable to something new. I'll give you an example here. I, I, if you if you were asking people, like, hey, we're building this show, this this thing that we want people to watch, and it's like about like knights and kings and and swords and arrows and dragons and shit um would you watch it and they would be like yeah okay and you're getting a pretty good smattering where it's like 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 40 percent of the people would watch it right uh and then other people are like boring pass and they're like but what if everybody was fucking <laughs> all of a sudden the people that were not interested would be like tell me more you know <laughs> like it's they they literally found ways to make the thing that people were like, eh, that sounds too nerdy for me to make them interested in it. And like, then it's like, it's like, Hey, we, we caught you with the sex and then we hooked you with the really, really good story. And the good story really is there. Like I'm currently listening back through like the audiobooks. So like, I'm, I just started this week. So like I'm on game of Thrones, the actual first book. And it blows me away how, and I think that's another reason there is so much ba- backlash to some of the more recent seasons. The 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 effect that they uh, took the literal words off the page and put it onto the screen for those first couple seasons when they were pulling from the source material. I mean, not not even just the look and feel of it, but the the dialogue, the pacing. I mean. Even stuff that were these long passages where it was detailing things that had happened, they were able to articulate in just a few lines, but you still got all the impact of it. Like They did a masterful job early on taking that source material and turning it into what it was, and I think that's another reason why you've seen the fans just kind of throw their arms up in the air because anyone who's read the books are expecting a certain level of quality that I feel has tapered off in – mirroring the book to the show and at the beginning it was a very close and you're always going to have leakage when it's going to a um a visual medium that's has a time constraint in a book you can always do more you always can but um it started off so well and now it's just kind of unraveled because it didn't have source material to work off of yeah i mean that's it's it's interesting like when you I mean, that's we'll, we'll save that for another day, I think, another podcast where it's like what ends up being better, fresh source material or something coming from a book. Because like a I mean, brand new concept, you mean? Like, yeah. Just a, like, like Inception. It's just its own thing. Doesn't have like a book or something it was based off of. Yeah. Or like, I mean, Star Wars, for instance. I mean, like, it, yes, there was a script originally, but I mean, like, it, it was a movie before it was anything else. Um, whereas like Lord of the Rings was a book uh, before it became a movie. Like... Do does that does it give you any like artistic license because you don't have to follow it so closely because I'll tell you like Lord of the Rings is different than the books 
Um, Peter Jackson took some some artistic licensing with it, but like honestly, like somebody who read the books when he was a kid and then watched the movies, I like them both, and I don't gripe about the differences between the movie and the book. Yeah, it, it's it's fair to expect that. Like, did you capture the essence? And I think that's where, it, like you said, this would be a really really good topic for another show. Oh yeah. But you know, that's that's the question: is how well did you capture the essence, or was this new thing that you had no grounding or basis for better than the best representation of something you already love. Yeah. I think that that will will wrap us up for this evening, uh, guys. I think that's a great point for us to stop on. Uh, We'll save that for another day. Mr. M.C. Brooks. I know you're working on it. I don't know if it's done yet. But you have a podcast that you're working on. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's done. I just have to upload it and you know put the tags up and everything hey it's done but you can tease the folks because it's the mc brooks extravaganza of all the craziness and awesome things that happened at awesome con 2019 yes yes i'm gonna talk talk a little bit about stuff i saw uh some uh great things i heard at uh some of the q a's i went to from uh daniel panabaker plays caitlin on the flash and also mike coulter and theo rossi who were on luke cage and a few others and in addition to going in on uh, my awesome con experience, I uh, kind of rant. I, I kind of pull my own double bird Lunsford <laughs> in a sense in talking about the travesty, I mean, uh, movie uh, for my favorite character <laughs> uh, who <laughs> is uh, they released the trailer this week. Oh, God. Oh, God. It <laughs> but for- so bad. But fortunately, I mean, there's hope on the horizon because luckily I saw this news prior to uh, recording the rant, but uh, the director did get hold, uh, did see all the criticism and was like, all right, well, we're, we're going to change. We're going to make some changes, which is I'm like, all right, all right, cool. But I do still rant about this movie, and so you should definitely check that out. Yeah, so guys, keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled for the next episode of The Overflow. So make sure you check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. You can read the geek sheets that we were discussing about all the details about what has uh, been going on with Endgame and how it is just obliterating all things uh, good and holy when it comes to box office records. Um, But also, too, there's a lot of great podcasts that we've done in the past that you should check out, too. So go on greatgeekrefuge.com and click on podcasts. Uh, There's my stuff that I do, Mike on the Mic, which is just kind of like my solo thing where I just talk about whatever stupid things I want to talk about. Mostly when these guys can't do a podcast and I feel like talking about something else. There's all the GGR Pirate Radio stuff. There is uh, Fantastic Forum, which Ulysses E. Campbell is... I got to thank him on the air, okay? Like, I was in a very down state after Awesome Con because, as I bitched about last week, we didn't, didn't get press access and I took it as a personal slight that we weren't big enough or good enough or talented enough to be part of Awesome Con. And Yuli saw this with the help of a friend of the show, Emily Witten, and they went ab- above and beyond, and they reached out to the people who are in charge of programming at Awesome Con. So I can't promise anything. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth yet. But right now, they're working on trying to get us involved in a higher capacity. And I just can't thank him enough for being just an awesome dude trying to help us do our thing um on the airwaves and it's just it's it's awesome when you have friends 
who look out for you and have your back and, and try to help you take the next step. So a, a million thanks to Ulysses E. Campbell, to Emily Witten uh, for what they're trying to do to help us. So I, I, that's I want to end on that note because I, I say it every episode. It's now the way we end these episodes. Anybody who's downloading or listening or sharing or reading, whatever it is that you're doing with anything related to Great Geek Refuge, thank you. Thank you so much for, for doing what you do. We, we really appreciate it. Like, it, it's awesome to think that there are people that spend their time listening to us talk about dumb shit. And, like, it's... Thank you. I, I can't say it enough. But for all of us here at uh, The Great Geek Refuge, uh, for Steve, for MC, uh, James Rambo couldn't join us uh, this evening. He was scheduled to come on, but he's got free comic book day tomorrow, so he has got tons of stuff that he's got to get done uh, in preparation for the big event tomorrow. Uh, but for all of us here at Great Geek Refuge, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you the next time we do another awesome podcast. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>